Hello, friend. We are here to talk about Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 7. Come join us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <sighs> we are here. We are live. A couple days after Thanksgiving. I'm so into this. For Mr. Robot, I'm your host, Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. To my immediate left. I'm just saying, Leon had it on point with this song. He could, think- He really did. Hi, everyone. I'm Leslie. You can catch me at Leslita Face on Twitter and Instagram. Yo, every time Michael spits game, I believe him. What's up, guys? It's JC. <laughs> Follow me at JC Rubio TV. And what is up, chat roll? It is exploded tonight. We have literally Litman, the artist, Ace, Ryan, Black Magic. What's up? Join the chat. Let's All the yeah. usual suspects, plus a couple other names I haven't seen. Love it. Yes. Love, I love it when our chat gets hard, goes hard, Dom goes hard. Yeah. Um, and Dom finally realized, I think a term we've all been kind of seeing, that I think Dom is realizing White Rose is going to get away with everything. Yep, that's how it ends. The- that's the realization. This episode, can I just say, was like, it left me feeling dark AF. <laughs> I mean, like... Girl, I feel you. Right? I was having the worst day in my life that day, and then I, I, I'm with my girl, I'm like, so let's watch Robot. She's okay, okay. I literally wanted to slip my wrist after that it's episode. It's such a sad oh episode. My oh my gosh. And it's cynical in the way it ends, I yeah. feel like, as well, with Dom saying those things. And it's like, I feel like up until this point, I was like, you know, White Rose is such a badass, you know, in control of everything. Yeah, you know, villain. But, you know, it's I don't, I'm re- I really dislike, like, hate White Rose at the end of this. I'm just, like, agreeing with Stupid Price. It's like, you really are, like, a sadistic fuck. <laughs> like, shit. You know? <laughs> That was the beauty of the episode, though. I think everyone was broken except for White Rose, even the viewer. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think even Esmail wrote that in the episodes, that we're part of this. Because we've been on this bandwagon for a season mm-hmm. and a half. Time travel, all this stuff, <laughs> everything. Is the time travel, is that out the window? Right. Um, was it ever in the window? Like, that was us. I don't. <laughs> I don't think the show ever actually even subtly implied that there'd actually be time travel. I think at a certain Are point... Are we this... Angela, though, at this point? Were we manipulated into just going but off that's... the rails and Sam Esmail's just laughing at us like White Rose? Kind of. I think it makes more sense that White Rose is brainwashing people into thinking she has the ability to do time travel or multidimensional travel mm-hmm. or bring people back and don't ask any questions, which is cultish. Like, that's really, really... <laughs> Like, cult of personality, like, oh my god, yeah. this is, the darkness of this episode, I think, is finally settling in on me, where I'm like, oh my god, you're right. Like, we're, because I would join the cult of White Rose in real life. We did. If for like, a year. <laughs> like, we followed down the rabbit hole thinking, oh, we're going to have all of these fantastical, you know, I don't know, things happening, and now it's like, well, you know, maybe none of that. Maybe, like... It's really just to fill her pockets. But can we say that with 100% accuracy? Because No, but we can't say anything with 100% accuracy in this show. show. Because there were other things. Uh, Fans brought it up to me because I've always had that theory that everything's off by one. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even yeah. season two, everything's slightly off of the dates. Well, a Redditor put this up, and Chabrol asked me to talk about this. In the FBI control room this episode, if you go back to the episode, when they're, when they're cutting between Trent, uh, Trenton mm-hmm. and Mobley and the FBI on the, in their control room watching them to break into the room, when they go to scene by scene, the clock doesn't move forward. It actually moves backwards, and then it picks back up again. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, I caught bit, bits and pieces of that, too, that I think it was... And the the editing of that was so... It's sad that we're at a place now where that kind of editing, you're not like, oh, they're coming through the door, they're coming through the door, this is all in real time, where it's like, no, this is probably a day, this is probably a day after the first thing. No, I get that. No, no. but what we're saying is when they were cutting to, as they were moving forward, the, the, the agents moving into the house, and a shout-out to New Mexico where they shot it, but when they were going into the house... The clock, when they would go back to the control room, it'd go 507, 508, 504, 505, mm. 506, Each time they cut, and the, and the clocks are up there on the screen, and they're lettered in red, which as we know with Sam Esmail, everything in red means something, and it's usually something bad. And for people saying that, well, it could have just been an error in editing, and there's so many things that they have to catch on. Esmail, if you guys haven't watched The Treatment with Elvis Mitchell, it's this great NPR podcast. He had um, Esmail on last week. Mm-hmm. And Esmail, he edits blinking out of the show. If you look at the characters, they don't blink, and he's done that on purpose. He's down to that <laughs> detail. So wow. I'm thinking he's caught. So to say there's a continuity error in the time, that's impossible. Right. That's fair. Uh, Sorry about that. I just had to spew that out. Uh, but then... I mean, while we're talking about that scene, so we lost two big characters this episode. We haven't seen them in a long time. I, I kind of thought... I kind of assume we lost them, though. No, but, I'm no, happy we got to see them this week. No, but it's funny because I agree. I feel like a lot of people had written them off. We haven't seen Trenton and Mobley in a long time. And yet, I, that's that whole, you know... That whole scene really left me sad. I don't know. Like, I expected them to die. And as soon as it was happening, I was like, but then, I don't know, actually seeing, like, their dead bodies on the floor and then, you know, finding out how, you know, they're going to go down for being the masterminds of this huge E-Corp attack. They're putting up the Iranian flag. And, you know, earlier in the episode, we, um, you know, heard them talking about, like, oh, I'm going out on a date. My brother's going to be freaked mm-hmm. out. Like, they're people. They were yeah. just, and they got ca- caught up. And it's just it's really tragic and it's still like as much as we kind of saw it coming, it still affected me. I like what you said about that. You, you knew it was coming, but it still hit you. Yeah. And I guess that's kudos to direction and how much yes. shot. Because we've always noticed that that every time, like let's say with um, with Terrell's wife, when she was, they've always made an allude. They've alluded to whenever a death happens, it's never this long drawn out thing. It's quick and fast, just mm-hmm. like how, how a death can happen. It's just like that. And then this happened with. That's true. With Frederick and Tanya, Mobley yeah. and Trenton, that you know we knew it was coming, or did we know? Did we know it was coming? I mean, we figured a lot of people figured they had already died or were. I, I don't know. At the beginning of this episode, they're tied up with Leon, and mm-hmm. okay. I'm figuring that their moments are numbered. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I thought at the end of the season. Oh wait, show, Leon showed up. Leon showed up to just kind of take care of them. No. Yeah, I didn't realize how big a deal, like how big a part, how big a pawn they were. That they're like literally the scapegoats. Yeah. So that we can rehab Tyrell's image. Yeah. We can rehab Tyrell's image as he was held captive by the dark by the Dark Army and F Society. Or well, by F Society. No one's talking about the Dark Army. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So by F Society. And now they magically, within days of Tyrell being in custody and giving this story, they catch the guys who do it. 
Also, conveniently, you know, they have a brown woman in there and, yep. you know, the Can, pretty blonde, you know, white guy face of the company will probably get out of this. Yeah, because you put, you and know, also, clean. also there's very much something to be said about what they're doing here that I, that if you put Tyrell's picture on TV and say he's, he's the guy behind the five dime attack, we'd all believe it because that's what you tell us. Mm-hmm. But if you then tell us. Actually, he was kidnapped yeah. by foreign people yeah, with ties then, to Iran. Mm. Look at this one. She wears a hijab. Like, yeah. there's something mm. to it. So much so that I think it's intentional that the only real connection to Iran was an Iranian flag and that one of the two happens to wear a hijab. Yeah. Like, they didn't actually make... Like, Dark Army made a point to, like, not have to leave any more of a connection than that. Nope, yep. Iranian flag. That's enough mm-hmm. for people to just buy it and move on. Sprinkle some crack on them. Get out of here. <laughs> well, forget, remember, there's also the little throwaway lines. There was a throwaway line with Dom and um, Santiago corroborating with what you just said about the fact that, um, remember the guy they cut a few weeks ago who had made that <clears throat> F Society video? Mm-hmm. He also said that it was Trent and yep. Mobley. Yep. Yeah. A little line oh, they yeah. got there. So, yeah, it, we are realizing because I, I was one of the people who was wondering, like, why this guy, like, he was specifically there in order to. Now they have two witnesses to point at yeah. um, these people, so that he's that was his purpose, and we saw we saw that explanation. This I hate to say this, but how beautiful! I, I hate to because it makes no. And as much as I hated this episode because I was supposed to hate it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just how the Dark Army thought of everything. I'm to the point where I'm questioning Krista's counsel. Yes! Oh my gosh. I said, I, I made the exact same note after rewatching it. I was like, you know what? Dark, uh, White Rose is so meticulous and careful that I feel like there's no way he doesn't know um, who Elliot's um, uh, therapist yeah. is. And so, yeah, the whole time the lawyer's like, oh, no, 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 don't say anything. Don't, I'm like, you know what? You're pushing for that a little too hard. I, yeah, I totally would believe that. What's the chat roll thing? Do you think? Payroll. Yeah, yeah you, let us yeah. know chat roll if you think, she, like, White Rose has a hand in this or at least understands the, the pieces and knows that how they'll fall. I think it's something like that. Yeah. I think White Rose knows what Elliot would or wouldn't say at a therapist's office and what his therapist would or wouldn't do. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. You know, I, I know we're jumping everywhere. I know. I know no, the inmates are running it tonight. Yeah. You no. Know, um, I always question Krista. Why is she still with Elliot after everything he's done to her? Mm-hmm. Because he hacked her. You know. He. I mean. He was in her life, and she still takes him on. Why? Um. The more we think about it, the more I think there might be a Dursley situation. For those who don't know, in Harry Potter, the he has to stay with his relatives named the Dursleys who treat him terrible. They literally put him in a cupboard under the stairs, and we don't find out till later that there was a larger plot arc to the fact that the Dursleys had to keep him. Mm. And there's also a further plot arc that the the villain broke his soul into seven pieces. One of the pieces, literally being Harry, and that the Dursleys may not have actually been terrible people, and it was Harry that was making them terrible. But anyway, I think there could be a Dursley turn. Okay, with Krista, the Egg White Rose, or someone, or the Dark Army, I think- somehow influenced her to continue to see him. That's certainly a possibility. I really do think, though, I don't think she's connected to Dark Army. Mm-hmm. I feel like she genuinely has an interest in him. I feel like she's oddly fascinated by him. Yeah. And that's why she continues to treat him. And it also kind of reminds me of, like, on The Sopranos, you know, Tony sees his therapist the whole run of the series. And at some point, he threatens her, and he creates creative 
complicated situations for her in her personal life and she still sees him and he's a mob boss so I feel like I sort of I just buy the fact that maybe someone a therapist can at some point get attached to her client Mm -hmm. that she wants to see it through at some point and and figure out what's at the bottom of it and she has a propensity of being drawn to damaged men since season yeah, one. There you go. And yeah. now that Mr. Robot has started to reveal himself, I think now she's just even more curious to like <laughs> what's going on with this person. I want to I want to keep, you okay. know, seeing with, them. With that, he revealed this this is the second time he's revealed himself to Krista and each time it's been behind the red books. Yeah. Obviously. It, the yeah. Red, but it's just a wall of red. And you know, we say the red, it means something. Mm-hmm. And I always in a little side note, of course, a little nod to the Matrix in that scene mm-hmm. where you're hearing you know, his oh. voice getting distorted. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was that was good. Again, I feel like they're so good at making me kind of try to feel like what Elliot is feeling at that moment. Like just this distortion in his head, like fighting voices. And very light yeah. like Elliot episode this week. Yeah. Yeah. He really wasn't He was at the beginning and then he was at the beginning, and then he had this. And then, and then the, Mr. Robot kind of takes over for the rest yeah. of the episode. I wanted to know, in that scene with Mr. Robot and Krista, he kind of encapsulates this whole episode as far as he's saying, he goes on a rant, like saying, you know, I was behind the whole 5-9 five, <laughs> um, five, attack, um, and I'm the architect, and, you know, the conspiracy. And mm-hmm. he sounds like, again, if you haven't followed him, he really just sounds like a crazy poison going on a rant. Yeah, right. But then, you know, he starts saying uh, the real puppet masters are behind this. And that's like the theme of this episode because we thought that Price was a puppet master, right? Until yeah. his interaction at the end of this episode with White Rose and we found out he was he was put there. And White Rose is the actual puppet master. And even someone like Price is still, you know, doing someone else's bidding, being controlled, you know, being hit on the wrist for not for having to do something asked twice like you know and all of these people who think they're in control or are perceived to be in control are really just at like the whim of someone else I buy that um also it was a sky knight in the chat who says it might be an episode seven thing elliot is never in episode seven i will check i will check your work later mm. we will grade your paper we will wow that was part of esmail's plan because i think it was season one or two he he uh, he films them back. Like episode eight is supposed to be seven, and seven is supposed to be eight. Yeah. I think he did in he did did that in either season one or two. I mm-hmm. think it was one of the seasons. He he flips them. So you're right. Yeah. So then, wow, that's no yep. coincidence. I'll, nice. I'll, I'll I'll definitely check your work on that. Um, <laughs> man, uh, where else? Do, where do we want to go from here? I think this is kind of a choose your own adventure. This episode. Ooh. Well, I'd like to we, dive into the White Rose Price conversation because that one was it was heavy and it was. It was, we learned a lot. Um, I mean, I feel like we, we sort of slowly this, this season start to see that White Rose is the one really in control. But like, he literally, he, Price is just as confused as all of us. Like, why did you have to do this? And his answer was as simple as I had to ask you twice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, it's so petty. But like, White Rose has that much control that it's the idea of if you say supremely egotistical like if you say come here to a dog and the dog doesn't come here you have to ask the dog twice when the dog does come here you you, like it's the equivalent to smacking that dog no well I mean not smacking it'd be like murdering all of these puppies around the dog (laughs) and seeing like see see (laughs) come here when I say once although let's be fair I don't know if a dog would totally get that Dogs, dogs live second. Dogs this was li- your analogy. I know. Dog, I, I take it back immediately, but dogs live like every five seconds to every five seconds, so I'm not actually sure if that analogy works. 
We'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> okay, but we're going with that scene. Who thought, because they went through the flashback of season one, the yes. last episode, this whole time we thought, I always thought it was Elliot that he was talking about it, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was Angela. That's, you know, when mm-hmm. his discussion with Price, Price and White mm-hmm. Rose, you have, you have it under, under control. I don't remember the exact yeah, dialogue. Yeah. But this whole time, who thought it was Elliot? I thought it was Elliot the whole time. Yeah, I thought it was Elliot, too, that for whatever reason, Angela is the asset. That whole sequence, I was surprised <laughs> because um, Mr. Robot isn't the type of show that usually does the flashbacks to kind of, like, hold your hand a little. Yeah. Further. But they did, and I felt like maybe in this scene it was necessary because you're right. I maybe not would have remembered pinpointed those exact interactions with them well it gave it depth it gave it incredible depth because no one would have thought that it was angela that's the beauty that's oh my gosh because angela's situation seems so might you guys notice that um in in that particular scene the way that he um there was a shot of a woman playing a harp in the back scene but he didn't call it a harp he called it a liar correct Mm. and i was i mean the way that that kind of intersects with because I'm looking back at another scene with the with the harp and the violin, um, with the uh, there's a there's a lot of Greek there's a lot yeah. of Greek characteristics in this episode, and I just thought it was fantastic the way that they portrayed that, you know. Also, that poster behind Price's desk in season two as well that I've this mm-hmm. in the like the depth of my Twitter photos. I tweeted a, I tweeted a picture of this photo that it was very much. I think it was it was. Europe before World War One, and it was like four different things, including mm-hmm. the Ottoman Empire, which would have kind of been a precursor to Greek, Greek or like had Greece in it. I'm I'm off task. Well, there was a um, there was a, a Roman emperor by the name of Nero. Correct. He had a uh, what was the quote? He he fiddles with the violin as the city of Rome burns. Mm. So it's a huge. It's there's this large parallel between that and what happened at Ecor with the with the 71 buildings that burned down. And then it, it was repeated again with Irving and Mr. Robot when they were looking. They were looking up top of the building, and there was the party up top. Yeah. Mm. Once again, there were the string pullers, and they were celebrating after thousands had you died. You can't change that. And that was another thing that made this episode kind of sad because you know, in the beginning of the series, we're thinking, you know, they're going to do this great revolution. They're <laughs> going to try to, you know, and at some point we lost, you know, the point. Or the idea that that could actually work, but now it's like, well, now nothing's going to work. Like, you literally can't stop these parties. You can't stop the rich from being richer. You're literally only going to screw the people whose lives are yeah. being disposed of. The best of. you can do is kill everyone in that party and then get arrested forever. Yeah. Like, that's... If you if you truly, genuinely felt that the people in that... The people on that rooftop are the enemy, that's the best you can do. Yeah. And then, like, hope you do it in a way where everyone else does it. But then it's anarchy. And even then, those people will still find a way to take yeah, control yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, people. Like, I love I love how, on so many levels, this show parallels Fight Club, including the fact yeah. that we all, we all see Fight Club as this super anti-corporation mm-hmm. movie that gets played all the time and has high DVD sales and had a PS2 game. In itself, it was like, itself a was, mockery. Like, in itself was a parody of itself. Yeah. Kind of that, like this show likes to play on that too. That yeah. it's like, oh, you thought there was a revolution? No, no. <laughs> you no. thought that was that was the right line of thinking. No, like you'll get the choices. Silly you'll get the choices those people allow you to get. Yeah, um, and going back to the Angela thing, um, the pet project. I feel like I always saw her, you know, potential lawsuit as not really like a main thing. It was almost like a minor thing, and maybe Price saw it that way. But I think it goes back to White Rose being so careful and meticulous that he. 
so I never know whether to say he or she, um, doesn't want any detail out of line. So even as something as small as Angela, like potential lawsuit, he took a vested interest in it and he's mad at Price for not taking care of it. And then that's when he reveals that he had to manipulate Angela, mm-hmm. which I wanted to talk about the little girl, you know, that we saw when Angela was talking to White Rose. And now I'm just starting to think that like, you know, maybe the time travel, different dimensions, different lines of universes isn't real. And this was all just, you know, a game to manipulate her and maybe the audience. But now I'm like, maybe the little girl that wasn't even really Maybe White Rose somehow manipulated Angela into seeing someone who looked like her as a child. Do you want to get in this info? Do you want, do you want me to put on... I'll put on half a Tim Fox. We're not the predictions okay. yet. Because that's, that's like still an issue that I, I know some people pointed out is like, that was one of the reasons yeah. we thought time travel or something along that line but, could be possible but because that's of that the, little girl. That's the subterfuge. White Rose... Oh, let's meditate on the fact that maybe White Rose does not control the universe. <laughs> White Rose does not control time or space. White Rose only controls the ability to run a simulation that is so real that will make people think whatever White Rose wants them to think. And in that world, White Rose is the controller of the universe, time, space, and everything because White Rose created everything from poof. In order to do that, you need a Hydron Collider to do supercomputing. You need all the minerals in the Congo to make even more computers, allow me if you will, maybe the dark, maybe when Angela met White Rose, she was merely put through that simulation. And then White Rose was literally able to show her whatever White Rose needed to show her. That's... So you're saying the portal to it is a Commodore 64s? Yes. Okay. The portal to it is a Commodore, a, a Dark Army agent at a Commodore 64 asking you a bunch of weird questions. Okay. And then you see yourself when you're eight and you know, or 11, don't quote me on the age, and you know yeah. it's you, but then you don't tell anybody because, you know, reasons. Do we think, do we think, my bigger question is, do we think Angela is an asset because of that lawsuit? Or do we think Angela is an asset because she could control Mr. Robot and Elliot? Because I think, I still think Elliot's the asset, but the, the I head, don't know. I think, but I think <laughs> the... Like, but I think it's a tandem thing. As an asset, Elliot needs a handler. And I think we've proven that Angela is able to handle him, yeah. similar to how Darlene can. But Darlene isn't on... Darlene isn't on Team Ecoin. Team See, Ecorp, Team Dark made Army. Me leaving, made me thinking, I don't... Maybe the, the fantastical idea of even simulations are... I, maybe it's not. None of that is even remotely possible. And White Rose is just a very powerful, rich person who's able to manipulate people. And that's about it. In, in order to, like, you know, make more money, make profits, gain power, whatnot. And I feel like maybe Angela wouldn't have even been a part of this if she hadn't you know, started her lawsuit, maybe White Rose would have just ignored her. And then after she meets her and then realizes, oh, she can handle Elliot, she has a close relationship, then she's like, okay, maybe I can use her. But maybe she wasn't even initially part of a plan at all. Maybe none of this is so special and meant to be. It's just, like, very practical. It just happened. I don't know. I'm just starting to take a step back from, yeah. like, all of the wild ideas because it it, it could be as something as simple as just, like, oh, Wait, well. Wait, take a step back from the wild ideas? <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> no, but that's the beauty because... This show has been grounded in reality for the most part throughout all three seasons. Has it given us any concrete evidence of time travel? Yeah. No. No. Other no. than, well, we saw a little girl who we as the audience are led to believe was Angela at a younger age. What if Angela age. just imagined that? I mean, Elliot imagines... 
I'm, things all the time. I'm, I'm saying, like, that's the shred of proof we possibly have for time travel in this show as of this moment. So where do we go with three episodes left? Because it almost, it felt, like once again, another finale. It felt like another finale for the last three weeks. It feels <laughs> like we've been through another finale. So where do we go from here? We feel like we're at ground zero. All the characters are at a loss except for White Rose. Yeah. Where do we go? We still have three episodes, and I, but I did read that this the finale this season is it's gonna blow you away. It's just gonna leave oh you with your jaws Can't on the floor. Can't handle it. So I don't know what the turn is, but it's if it's bigger than what we witnessed thus far, anything's on the board. Well, yeah, like a rev- of, or a simulation. Okay. Or something, or or White Rose's magic. Like, let's be very honest. Like, <laughs> I don't think so anymore. Or like, but like, let's be let's be very honest. The the way this show tends to work, and I'm, we're bordering on predictions, but we're not there yet. It's a prediction episode. Eh? It really it's it, it's the episode that leads you to it. The way this the way this show tends to work, I wouldn't be shocked if episode ten ends with White Rose literally lifting a car with her mind. <laughs> And then us figure- I wouldn't believe it anymore. It's her tricking us into thinking she's lifting a car with her but mind. But like new technology <laughs> at its time is usually considered magic. Like but like magicians a lot of magicians before film were magicians and then after film became filmmakers because it was easier to do the trick. And then a lot of technology was raised from film by magicians. That there's a huge level of technology like brand new innovative technology is usually perceived as magic at its first step. And yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if White Rose was able to do something with science very grounded as you would expect from this show, but is presented to us in a way where it's like, yo, that's magic, though. <laughs> yo, she just lifted a car <laughs> with her eyes. Yo, that's dope. The fact yo. Um, Frazier. We're talking magic. so much about this. <laughs> This tells you, B.D. Wong, Emmy, yes yeah, please? Always. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, this episode, Angela, like, she's a basket case. Um, and I wanted to know because um, I think in the description it said Angela hits the rewind button and it was the, literally the case in this episode as she's like, <laughs> that scene she's rewinding the the building collapsing and it, um, Darlene's just looking at her like, oh my God, you've lost it. And now she, I just feel like she's this little person who's like, can't handle what she was a part of and all of the deaths and misery she's been a part of causing and now she's just like trying to compute or reconcile this any way she can in her brain like oh look I hit rewind it's they're all better it was so sad but I think that scene also plays with the fact that she's having trouble understanding perception she's having trouble understanding perceiving what she sees and comprehending it as what's real what isn't real like she's literally like but that's what happens when you see an 11-year-old you and do a bunch of bad stuff. And White Rose is her savior. That, like, she's Think genuinely, like... She's a zealot. She's a religious, she's a, a, a religious a fanatic. That's what it, she, he, people are coming back because I was told so. And that goes along with Elliot's speech about religion in season two. It's, it's, it's all connected, all of this. You know, and, oh, gosh, what was I going to... I was going to say, oh, oh... You know, I got DMs about that. 
about mm. Angela Hits Rewind. <laughs> and we really, <laughs> Ryan, I'm talking to you, buddy. Uh, and we're like, yeah, so what's going to happen is we, this episode's going to be a flashback, and we're going to find out <laughs> Angela's mom and Price, how they conceived Angela. <laughs> Send your hate mail to JC Rubio TV. Well, uh, uh, so it was funny. So your demon, your DMs like are clearly open. They like to play They like to play. That's, that's, that's why I Although feel like that fantastical is a, ideas. I'm just a cynical person now. I'm like, nope, nope. All right, it's two interesting things came up in the chat right now. I will bring up Moti is White Rose the Mister Robot for Angela? I don't. No. I feel like not White Rose quite is the same. I feel like White Rose is the the Mister Robot for Minister Zhang, but like an yeah. actual manufactured and controlled one. So it's full fledged Hulken Banner. Um, also, there was another question: How? Where are we on the price? Is Angela's father business without time travel, without rewinds, without um, upside downs? Just that he. I don't, I, I don't subscribe to that idea. Rewatch the show with that in your mind and see how you then what you think about it. That's what I always have to there say. There was always there was always a creepy dad vibe. I kind of always thought he was hitting on her. A little bit. But if you see it with that, because that was the obvious, you know, pretty yeah. young blonde and whatnot. But then now see it with those eyes, because you do a flashback and I think he like pushes her hair back and he's kind of like, you show, there's a line in season two where he says it's something like to the effect, you show chutzpah or something, you know, like he was almost like a proud, like chip hmm. off the old block, you know. But we didn't see it that way because we thought Angela was, yeah, she was into older dudes and this kind of stuff. So we, it was, it was kind of put in. Esmo put it in there for a reason, but if it ends up being Price being the father, it's all the misdirects yeah. and whatnot. Um, our chat is staunchly against that sentiment. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no. No, he's a creepy old man. He wants to bang the hop on. <laughs> no. I mean... There's nothing more to it. Um, I wanted to kind of mention also the very first scene of this episode with um, um, Leon, um, Mobley, and Trenton on the couch. Um, and there's a dead guy on the floor. We found out it was roommate. Um, and then they have this discussion about Frasier and Knight Rider, <laughs> which was hilarious. I feel like he's talking about how Frasier got so many Emmys and all these awards and how there's no way he could have pulled as much action. I, I, I didn't watch Frasier, but a um, few episodes, so I don't remember that part. There, well, there was a known trope of television sitcoms of that time where if you shoot in L.A. and you cast women in L.A., you're going to cast the most attractive women that come into the room, which mm. are all the women. So when you have a lead who happens to be Frasier, <laughs> and then you, you shoot a show in L.A., you, you tend to cast a bunch, of, a bunch of beautiful women, and it becomes an uncanny valley Almost, where it's like, that doesn't make any sense. The Drew Carey show is also notorious saw, for this, too, watched, where you're like, Drew, and his friends. I watched Cheers, all, and Frasier on Cheers didn't have that many women. He, was he married. dated he Diane, was married. and he then was he ma- married, and that was it. He was married for a long portion of Cheers. And, yeah. That we're, oh, yeah but, we're not going to nitpick too much. Okay, we're not going to go but too hard that, into that the Frasier first. But, but see, that whole exchange was funny. I, I just felt yeah. like it was, it was, not, it was um, a cool little tone they added. And then I wanted to point out that um, the keys he grabs before he takes them on to the ride into the desert, it said, world's sexiest grandma. <laughs> which I thought was funny. It was quick shot. Um, but, like, we've kind of touched upon this um, earlier episodes. We'll have a mug that says, like, world's greatest dad or, like, all of these, like, little um, specific detailed yeah. animals. I feel like that's a little... I don't know if it means anything, but it's just things that have been popping up. I think it's his grandma's Cadillac. I think it's... I think it's just so much more lateral. No, but, yeah, but they... There has been, like, instances yes. of that stuff sprinkled throughout the season, specifically, like, you know... 
Someone brought up the fact that my it, son's it, the coolest. Kinetic static. Talking about the opening scene, that it's very. It was very Tarantino-esque. Mm. Yeah, I thought it got a little cutesy in that, but there was other other scenes like that. We've been talking about this the last few weeks of it, it dialogue being kind of Tarantino-esque. But I had a little trouble when they were in the Cadillac fighting for their lives. Mm, yeah, where I agree. Mobley told her to floor it. <laughs> She's never driven a car, dude. I mean, I was. So so mad at him for that. I was like, are you serious? You're going to put your life in the hands of someone who just Like, just let her untie you and get in the front. It, it takes three extra seconds. And then, of course, she crashed. I was so mad at him. I was like, seriously, dude, that's why you're dumb. <laughs> that's why you're dead. <laughs> that's why you're dead. We're still sad about it. But, like, like, you're going to make on, her bro. drive. She does not drive. Can you just let her? Un- that's what she was doing. And he literally stops her and makes her go in front. You're, you know, I completely agree. You know how everything's covered on the show? We should go on J-Date <laughs> and look for Juanita and see if she's got a profile. Oh my gosh! You're oh, right. you know she does. <laughs> you probably have to go to New Mexico on J date, but like you'll probably find Juanita. Um, Reddit, we believe in you. Yes. Internet, your time is now. Find Juanita. Also, what time is now? Is history's critically acclaimed series Vikings will premiere <laughs> with a two-hour season premiere airing Wednesday, November 29th. That's tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific because they're cable. They can do that. White like White Rose, they can just control time. Oh. Season five, season five begins with Ivar the Boneless asserting his leadership over the great heathen army while Lagertha reigns queen of Kedah. We'll go with Kedah. Ivar's murder of his brother Sigurd sets the stage for a vicious battle to come as Ragnar's sons plot their next move after avenging their father's death. Bjorn follows his destiny to the Mediterranean Sea and Floki, who is suffering from the, lo- who is suffering from the loss of his wife, Helga, takes to the sea, submitting himself to the will of the gods. This season will fill... Yeah. This season is full of starting alliances and unbelievable betrayals as the Vikings fight to rule the world. Season 5 is 10 episodes. Who will rise this show? Vikings history. It's on history tomorrow night. I'm excited. Vikings. Tune in. You know one thing we have not talked about yet? Because I know we've only got a few minutes. Yes. Tyrell and Santiago. Yes. 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 Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, think I hate Dimitri. Santiago so much. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's the worst. When he was on his phone and he was telling his mom or whatever, so I was like, I don't care about whoever you have in treatment. I don't know if they're doing it to make us feel like, oh, you know, poor. No, I don't care. You're I, a ba- I, I was just like, I, you can. We, suck we it. have to think they're. Guys, they're is it is it far fetched to think that um, that he's not actually talking to his mother on the phone? That it's some code for. Um, I feel like there's some coded language. I like that Ooh, idea. I like that. I like that idea a lot. It, but he seems sad or sympathetic or like also this seems when to be talking. this seems to be how E Corp and Dark Army, in conjunction with each other, compromise people. Yeah, that they find a family member who's really really sick and then find a way to help them. But then, so it could be coded language. That would be really fun. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's just. That's how you flip a really good cop. It's like cop. a leader in the FBI. I don't get it. Like That's how you flip a really good cop is we're gonna help your you're we're gonna help but your mother. Can he help her on his own? I don't know. I just that just seems he weak and have, I don't care. He must have been in a place where he feels helpless. Um There are a lot of loose ends there though. The I think way we just need a little he, bit more information about the mother before we can But get, the thing is I don't know. even care about them. Like I don't care to even know anything about him. Like the way he told Tyrell, oh my gosh, it's just like what a douchebag. <laughs> About um, about his wife and son, I was just like, you a can lover's die. <laughs> right. You can just go get shot right now. Well, because the mom told someone, 
You see that in the doc. He tells the mom. Mom told someone about what was going on. I not, not to what mm. effect. And remember, Dom is on to him. Yeah, Dom is on to something, and it, it's she's getting closer. He got in her face this episode. Like, remember his <laughs> boss? He pulled in the power. So where does he go? Where does Tyrell go from here? That's what I want to know. After all this fallout, does he? His he's got his son. So you know, Santiago has his son. So where do we go? I mean, so it's just. I'm, I want to go to predictions because there's so much I want to predict. Let's do it. Okay. Er, b- well, I was just going to say um, about this episode, just like Tyrell and Elliot both like had moments where they're crying and it just broke my heart and I just want to say they both did such a fantastic job because I was like, <laughs> Tyrell didn't want to believe the news at first and I was right there with him and I was like, I knew, baby, pobrecito. That means, you know, poor little thing. <laughs> um, but... They just both gave great performances. And then I love the shot where, like, he's literally screaming and crying, but the door's closed so you don't hear what's happening. I thought it was really good. And I was just so sad for him. And, and how do we feel sympathy? We feel sympathy for him. And remember, this is the man who murdered Sharon Knowles with his bare hands. I know, right? See, that, that's the funny twist <sighs> of it. With Esmo says, pretty much everyone has... Um, has blood they, they all yeah. have blood yeah. everyone has blood on their hands Santiago's like oh you know he's at a foster pl- a foster facility with one in five chance of like you know getting abused oh it's just you can't help but feel really bad and just forget all the bad stuff he's done well on that note let's go to on predictions <laughs> music now you're after Buzz TV predictions Santiago dead the next three weeks yes or no I uh, hope so yeah I, I think yes um, and I want to see it. White Rose, whatever magic she has, do we re- do we re- does is it revealed to us in the next three weeks? Yes or no? Um, yes, but something because there's a, something big happening in episode ten. And dare I say, I'm basing this on nothing. It's like I'm shooting in the dark, and that drives mm. me crazy. Because what are you backing it up with? Could this be the, because every season in season two, we said um, Price was he had no vulnerabilities. He was like almost this mustache twirling villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had no he had no vulnerabilities. Now we're saying it about White Rose. You, you notice yeah. that last yeah. season it was Price. This season's yeah. White Rose is the omnipotent. He's the all powerful Oz. I say somehow he goes down because it opens the door for Tyrell being the next bad guy. The ne- Ugh, I hate to say bad guy. That's so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Where Tyrell's going to be moved into a position at the head of E-Corp. Price is going to be gone. White Rose. Oh. Yes, and White Rose. Somehow Tyrell becomes the big baddie for season four, four and five. And becomes the so head you're head. saying because he, he told Price you have to find your replacement. And right. Price didn't seem happy about that. So you right. think they're going to put Tyrell in there? It's, it seems possible because right? remember they didn't want like to that. they like didn't want to rehabilitate his image. How does that? How does that? I, I don't I don't know how we get there, but it just makes sense because I'm thinking of last season. Yeah, no one no one you know no one worse as a villain than Price. This Price season, alive or dead? At the end of all, at the end of this season, alive or dead? I think he'll be alive, but I think he's going to be powerless, and you know, fades away. Um, I, yeah, and fades fades away into the hatred, think, into the simulation. I think for him, he'll it, that's worse, like fading away and being forgotten, than mm. dying like a kind of a badass death. You know, him becoming nothing is probably worse fate. But for what him. if White Rose can put him in the simulation with so, the blue pill, <laughs> where he's everything he wanted to be? So you were saying about magic, I. I think it's going to be revealed that there's no magic with White Rose. There's no simulations. It's just straightforward. He's very good at manipulating people and getting control over people. And I think that's the extent of it. So it's it's like Jesus magic. It's just convincing large portions of people to follow you. 
Yeah. Not touching that one. Santa Claus. No. <laughs> what I was going to say. Nobody follows Santa Claus. <laughs> Here's one thing. As my name tag falls down. The email from Trenton. Who's it going to? Yes. Um, Darlene? Darlene. Well, Darlene. Someone find, we don't know? Either someone we don't know or Darlene or someone we don't know who will alert Darlene. Yeah, I, I thought either Darlene or Elliot because Elliot was the head, you know, head of F Society. And in season one, though, to back up Darlene, mm-hmm. they had that heart-to-heart talk. Trent and Darlene did mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. So there's, if anyone she's closest to, it seems like it's Darlene. So yeah, that makes sense. Or around. potentially her brother because they made a note. I mean, she right. specifically said, "My brother must be freaking out." So I mean, unless that was just a throwaway line. Mm. Chat roll thinks it's Dom. Ooh. But okay. how does it get to Dom? And here's the thing. Did you guys know that Trenton's only was only 16? Um, wait, the actress or the character? No, the character. The character was only 16? How do we know this? On the FBI board. Is, really? She was born uh, November really? something, 1988. That actually makes well, a lot more sense than why she couldn't drive. She went to Harvard. They said that. But she was a wonderkin. Though. She was super smart, though. Yeah. That's not That's a, really... You, that means she was there at, like, 12 or... Yeah, it takes place really in 2015, smart. in 98, so she was 17. Oh, no, she was hadn't turned so 17 yet. That just so much Yeah. Yeah. That's the depth. That's what mm. he wants... That's what Esmail wants us to feel. To be so smart to get involved in the revolution at 17? Oh, man. There are pitfalls to being smart, guys. Shit. <laughs> Good thing I don't have to worry about that. Some of us don't know the machine exists to rage against it till we're, like, 28, I, I thought that would go over a little better than it. <laughs> I got it. I mean, I know do we have any predictions at large before we head on out of here? Um, okay, so uh, we'll see if we hear anything more about Krista's counsel. Um, Irving, what do we think about him? Like this, I think we know his entire. Like, I think everyone's think- gonna like try to keep digging into Irving because of who plays him, because of how like good a character he is. I think we know everything about Irving. Well, that's what I was saying. I feel like that's zero just secrets to Irving. Guy. Um, and then Leon is the same. Like, I, they're just, I guess, high, I don't know, high people in the army, but they're still just they're serving the machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're perfect soldiers. They're happy soldiers. Um, any other predictions at large, Daisy, before we head on out of here? I just predicted the chat roll and our comments on YouTube are going to have the best predictions of all. Yes. I agree. Tell us your predictions. I'll I will upvote all the good ones. And I really do hope we see Elliot next episode, but we'll see if that's true about him not well, Let's hope up. we see Elliot yeah. next episode. In the meantime, JC, where can the people find you? You can find me at JC Rubio TV. And if you're in LA for the next two weeks, I'll be at the LA Auto Show and scene hey. for Kia. So Ooh. come by and we'll talk Mr. Robot. Love it. Hi, you guys can catch me at Leslie Face on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me as always on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. You can also go to thesoberyear.com. That's a vlog I'm doing. Thank you, folks, and good night, friends. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 